so tell me what you think about everything that we've just been talking about today and yesterday. Well, it's it's excellent, Scotland. Excellent, excellent. Um, that article yeah. was really good. Yeah. Um, and just it just highlights the fact that learning and performance is so much easier when we get out of our own way and we I suppose we just we just perform the perform the skill or perform the task without all the bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, like it's and, doing and it. whether it be sport or business, business, as you know, I've completely gotten in my, my own way so many times and as a result it just hasn't I haven't enjoyed it but it hasn't been as good as I'd like. But when I get out of my own way and follow my gut more, it, it works well. And stop messing yeah, yeah. around with so many people. Yeah. Just got the phone to a mate and I we just had this conversation. He's uh, into marketing. He's a he's a Cairo, but yeah, he he just he just manages it himself. He's just a distraction of others trying to come into his business, whether they be marketing experts or advertising experts. He says they're just a distraction, and he's tempted to go with them, but he just says, "Nah, I'm just going to do it myself." And he's doing exceptionally well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, we've always talked about that analogy as for you, you know how to play golf in a really satisfying way, irrespective of your score, and what that does is, you know, lets you play good golf anyway, but then the challenge for you has been actually how to uh, transfer that approach to your business. Yeah. And you know, you know when we're talking about, um, yeah, playing golf in the business, just playing with it and playing golf and all that, but maybe, I was thinking yesterday, maybe even better than that for, for you, for your application is, you know, Am I playing three club golf here? Am I, you know, am I keeping it real simple? Yeah, uh, challenge, challenging yourself in a fun way. Yeah, yeah, to keep it yeah. simple, and then and then it's about okay. Well, what, you know, what what stops me from approaching business the same way as I do golf? Yeah, I suppose it's finding that that thing, whatever that thing is, that is the equivalent of playing three club golf. And that's probably probably where, well, not probably, it's where I have, you know, made golf, made business too, you know, too complex. Because for me, golf is easy because you get your clubs, put them in the car, drive to the course, pull them out, down the first tee and go, where do I want the ball to go? And, that, and you just do that with your, in any way you can. You just find a way to get it, get it done. And there's no doubt when I play well, I enjoy it probably more. But there's certainly been times where I've gone to the course, especially in the last two years or so where I haven't even worried about score. I've just played hit the shots that I find fun that I want to hit at that time and uh, yeah, enjoyed it immensely. Yeah. Yeah, and, so there's two. Yeah. Go, sorry. I was just going to say, irrespective of score, like, for example, go out there with half a set of clubs or, you know, three clubs and you're 160 metres out and there's no way in the world I can get a nine on the green but I just feel like hitting a nine on and I'll lay it up short of the yeah. green and then you then, then the fun bit is getting the ball up and down from from a difficult spot. Yeah. And that's and that's I mean that that can only be a good thing. I don't think that's a bad thing. Sure, I could have I could if I had a seven on, I could have hit seven on on the green. But I reckon there was more learning in that case, like laying up short into a difficult spot and then trying to get the ball up and down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I find that really fun because not many people, and I if I'm honest, haven't played that way enough. Yeah, well, that's a very um, that's a very play-based approach, isn't it? You're just playing with stuff and experimenting and being curious and having yeah. fun and. And really, like you said, the the score of how how quickly you can get the ball in the hole that's furthest from your mind at that point. Yeah, look, look, you're still trying to you're still trying to get the ball in the hole, 
that you're mm. doing it in a, maybe a bit of a, you know, a bit of a roundabout way. More of a creative way. Creative way. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. like, I, you know, laid up short. You know, I could have gone on the green, but I didn't have the right clubs. And I just thought, well, let's just hit the shot because it's fun. It's what, the, what I wanted to do at the time. And then I've got to get creative and use my imagination to get that, that next shot close that will get on the green and then get the putt in. Yeah. So, so are you saying you're still trying to be efficient with your total shots, but it's just the types of shots and the and the approaches you're using that's different? Yeah. Well, like normally, hundred hundred times out of a hundred, previously, and I think most goals would be the same. From that that position I was in, 160ish metres from the pin, they'd be trying to get it on the green. Mm. But I didn't have a club in my bag because I only had a, you know, a handful of clubs. I, I couldn't get on the green with the club, so I thought, well, let's just hit it to that spot. And then mm. let's get the next one on the green. And it's, it's a completely different mindset. Some people might say it's negative, but, yeah, I was learning. And it's not going to change the world, you know, mm. that one hole. But why not try something different? Why not learn? Yeah, yeah. And it was so fun. Like, it was genuinely fun. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying you get fun and learning out of it. Yes. And then on the... On the but you also say you can take that approach to, to scoring well as well, aren't you? Yeah. That's what you yeah. also say, yeah. For example, in golf, next next time I play, or and anyone could have used this, but you're you're in a position off the fairway, or you're you know in play 160 odd metres from the hole. But for whatever reason, you feel like you can't get the ball on the green, then you can just go, well, hey, I can just hit it to there and chip it on and get the putt in. And the worst I'm going to make maybe is a bogey, but you know, but I still can make par. And if I happen to hit a really good shot, I might make a birdie. You yeah. just hold your chip shot or your pitch shot. Yeah. But it's just, because, it's still, you're still playing golf. But you're actually purely yeah. playing golf. So you're actually hitting the right shot for that time. But, you know, you've got to be open yeah, to your, yeah. your feelings. Because you should know before you hit the shot if you're capable of getting that that 160 yeah. metre shot on the green. Yeah. And you're either going to say, yes, I'm capable of it, or no, I, I don't know if I'm, but I'm still prepared to commit to it. Yeah. So whether you know you can do it or not, the commitment is the most important thing, isn't it? hundred percent. The shot's actually irrelevant in many ways. Yeah. What shot you choose, as long as you feel, with, you know, every fibre of your being that that's the right shot. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, Tiger Woods might not. He might not lay out from 160 metres because he's got extreme skill, or Rory, or Jason Day, yeah. or whatever. But their their distance might be 190 metres, or 200 metres, or 210 metres, whatever it is. But yeah, maybe they can apply the same approach. And I'd encourage you know all all golfers to, to get go that deep with their game. And then you get you get more tactical options, don't you? You've got more shots in your repertoire to, like you say, to be able to um, access the, the exact shot you need in the exact situation because you've allowed yourself to explore more shots in your, in your play and in your practice. Yeah, and Mike Clayton had this brilliant exercise. Call it a constraint if you want, but we said go and play this course, but you're... Your, your constraint is you're not allowed to land the ball on the green on the full on any approach shots. So you've essentially got to bump the ball up, run the ball up onto the green. Yeah. Go and do that for a week and see how, what that does to your golf game. Yeah, yeah. So you, you learn how to hit low controlled shots. Low controlled shots. So it works well when it's windy. It works well when you're playing hard, you know, firm courses. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. But how many, how many of us have honestly done it? Yeah, yeah. And so... That's right. So there's like an easy shot that comes to us, but then when the situation doesn't allow for that, it's like, well, what options have you got? And then we go back to Barbara Watson's shot in the Masters, don't we? Yeah. Where the, how the, the fuck did he, he bend that ball? Well, he never would have been able to bend it if he hadn't have 
played around with those options. And, and I get it that it was a great shot, you know, in the, on the player pole for the Masters. But the thing is, that was an easy shot for Bubba because he's done it his whole life. That's right, exactly. I, I mean, I don't reckon he was even that impressed. I mean, he, he probably was yeah. filled with the shot because under pressure it was amazing. And look, I was yeah. there. You don't know exactly how much it curved to the, you know, the full degree, but he's done that shot a thousand times. Yeah, yeah. And this yeah. is what worries yeah. me with traditional golf coaching and traditional teachings with golf for up-and-coming kids, whether they be in Australia going through our system here or the college system in America, is that that sort of stuff is, I believe, is beaten out of them. It's all about yeah. practice fairway, hit perfect shot, hit perfect shot, hit perfect shot. And it's, yeah, in my mind, it's not playing golf. Yep, Bill's a great golfer. It looks fantastic. That can impress people on the driving range. And it'll get, and it'll get them two thirds of the way, or three yeah, quarters yeah. of the way. It can get them. It can get them nine of the way. If they can get, yeah. them, you know, might, might even get them to hundred in the world. But is it going yeah. to get them to their absolute fullest potential? I don't think so. No, and 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 it's important at this point. The fullest potential can be pure performance in score, or pure satisfaction, as in play and creativity, or combinations of the both. So. Um, that, that, that's important that you can have those options about what you want from the game too. Yeah, and the choice is yours. Right, yeah. The choice is yours. Yeah. And I had an instance the other day when we were, I had a client where we're coaching and we're, we're hitting balls and I, I suggested a few of these ideas and he said, looked at me strange and he went, oh, can I take this to the golf course? Can I take this to the competition? I said, well, why can't you? Of course you can. <laughs> I said, why can't you go to the golf course and hit the most fun shot that suits you at that time. Why can't you? There's nothing yeah. stopping us. You've got permission. No one's... But we get so stuck in our own game, in our own mind, that, hey, you've got to play a certain shot all the time. But you don't. You can play however you want. Yeah. And and then, Cam, what about to the people who are sort of thinking, yeah, that's all fine and well, but I'm not, I'm not sort of understanding how that's going to help me score because sometimes when I'm to school, well, I need to play the, the right shot and the best shot. So can you just... If you haven't already felt like you've done it, can you just explain like how you go from playing creativity and exploring lots of shots and having a lot of different mastery over the golf ball and scoring well? Well, if you think about it, if well, golf is not perfect. So we go to the we go to the driving range and we get a bucket of balls and we, we we've got a, a basically a perfect environment there. There's essentially no wind because you're somewhat enveloped by the, uh, the, the range facility. You've got hopefully good golf boards, you've got a perfect lie, and then you're hitting perfect shots. But when you go to the golf course, you don't have perfect lies. You have, you have undulation, you have sand, you have rough, you have whatever. And if you've practiced all sorts of shots, all manner of shots with all sorts of clubs, it can only help you. Yeah, yeah, so you're more, um, it makes you more robust and adaptable. And there was a study, and I wish I could quote the exact year the study was and the, and the exact scientists that performed the study, but they did it with, it was done with gridiron, and one group of subjects practiced 50-yard kicks and nothing else. So they practiced 50-yard, it might have been 50-yard, um, might have been quarterback throws, so throwing to the you know, quarterback, throwing 50 yards, yeah, it might be right. too far, I might have had that wrong, it might, be, it might have been 35 yards, because 50 yards seems too long to me. But anyway, it was a certain distance, and that's all they practiced. The other group practiced a whole range of distances, so... Five yards, ten yards, seventeen yards, forty-three yards, yeah. blah 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 blah. It's the different distances. When they came to the final day, they they offered the, the subjects money if they perform well. Yeah. 
and they and they went from the exact distance that the first group were practicing from. So let's say thirty five yards. Yeah. Guess which guess which group performed best? Well, I mean, I'm assuming you're going to say the group that um, did all the variety of different types of throws. Yes, they did. Yeah. So they mixed it up. Those that just practiced that one that one distance felt well, you know, heaps of pressure because they should be good at it, but they actually weren't really learning that yeah. well. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they, yeah, and that's what they talk about. They when skills are learnt with a lot of thinking and instruction, and um, well, I guess even just those things. They, they just the research shows that it, they also can't with they can't hold up under pressure no. because they require if you've learned something with conscious thinking and attention, um, then as soon as you are, your attention is elsewhere, a la the pressure of a moment or the environment you're in or whatever, then you're not going to be able to execute that skill how you've learned it because you learn to having to think it, think your way through it and it just doesn't work. And I think the other point that's worth mentioning here is practice doesn't need to be perfect. So when we go to the driving range as golfers, we tend to want to hit perfect shots. So we want to hit everything straight. We want to hit everything yeah. on the target. So we just keep hitting the same shot over and over and over again. But as I've mentioned, golf is anything but perfect. So when yeah. you practice for failure, so when you hit lots of different shots and you might not hit, feel like you've hit them well, but you will, you, you, you will learn stuff. You will retain more 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 yeah. of the learning. So when you go to the course, yeah. you're going to be better adapted to playing with the with the constraints of the game because the game is difficult at times. It really is. Yeah. Like, it's all right, John. Every shot, every shot is 100 percent unique. Every and, shot. And I heard an interview with Jeff Ogilvy yesterday. It just happens that, um, yeah, he because I think he's uh, well, I think he should be the man that takes Australian golf f- further forward. And it's going to be a little mission of mine maybe in 2019 to pump or push Jeff Jeff Ogilvy to taking a bigger um, ownership of the game in Australia. Maybe that's not his role. Maybe he's too young. Maybe he doesn't want to do it. But I think he thinks about golf really well. But he mm. said the same thing, that maybe in Australia we produce these players. By looking at them, you think, oh, my God, how amazing is this guy? But they're not quite transitioning well into the pro game to the best of yeah. their so-called ability. And I think it comes down to that. They're not playing golf as much as they should be. Mm. Yeah. They're stuck playing yeah perfect swing or that they're stuck playing practice fairway. They're stuck playing yeah. the, the same shot perfectly 50 times in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and the way I see it is that I'd sum all that, that approach up, which is a stereotypical golf training approach, as um, groove and grind. They're, they're trying to groove one swing, one pattern, and then they grind it out, do more and more and more and more. Yeah. And yet we know... We know that the most skilled performers don't ever groove a movement pattern. In fact, the most skilled performers, the movement pattern is always slightly different every time. Even yeah. if external environment hasn't changed. So there's a famous study about the blacksmiths. And the yeah. more skillful blacksmiths, their, their hammers came down on slightly different pathways every time, even though the anvil was still in the same place, the temperature's the same. They were the same person. There's no wind, blah, blah, blah. That. The thing they were hitting was the same, but it was always slightly different. It was a rough so start. Of of grooving and grinding. Grooving and grind is just... It's and really... It's, um, it's repetition, repetition without repetition. Yeah. So every shot yeah, is right. different. Every shot you play is different. So the, the example for golf would be you're playing and you get to a certain hole and you're nervous because you're playing well or you're nervous because, you know... 
you're, you're having your best score or you're in a competition, whatever, and there's a hole and you don't feel good. You, you might feel a bit anxious about the shot for whatever reason. It could be a whole range of things. So you've got to go deep inside yourself to choose a shot that you know you can get in play. Yeah. And that shot might be a low, ugly cut shot or it might be a five-iron hit off the back foot with a, an ugly hook or something. But you've got to find a shot to get the ball yeah. in play. It's a trans- you call it perfectly, you call it a transition shot. That yeah. shot is not going to win you the tournament, but it could yeah. it could lose you the tournament if you hit it out of bounds or you have a big number. So yeah. you've got to find a way, and you can only do that. You can only go deep within yourself and choose that shot if you've practiced in a way that allows you to do it. Yeah. Well, what about this bloke you've been working with lately, and we've been um, sort of discussing up ways of approaching it. So you're, you've been sort of working with this stuff with him, but you sense there's a bit of, like, resistance? Well, it's hard for people to adopt, adopt this because they've been doing it a certain way for so long and they've been practising perfection. They've been thinking that they can... Well, they think they can think their way to a better scores or, or analyse their way to a better score is probably better. They think it's all on the swing. But I don't believe you can actually consciously make a better swing and then go and take it to the course because it's mm. two, different, two totally different things. And we probably all know someone at our club or someone we've seen around the traps that has this so-called perfect swing, but they can't really play that well. They play well below their potential. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's different. What, what, we're, what we're saying here is different. Um, you've got to go against maybe 50 years of traditional golf instruction. You've got to ignore the technical coach who says, no, 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 your swing plane's three degrees off. You've got to get it flatter or get it more upright or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But what we're saying, at least that's what I'm saying, I think that you're saying the same thing, is forget about all that go and hit shots because when you can hit a, a high cut and a low draw and everything in between, your system will find the ideal swing plane for you. Mm. Yeah. And there's so many examples in the golf world. There's this young kid, American college superstar, Wolf. I can't think of his first name. He played in the um, the Waste Management Open in Phoenix. And he has this... Good sponsor. <laughs> well, it's exactly. It's a huge event. It's where they have that party hole, the par three. Actually, play the course. It's a very bland and boring course, and then all of a sudden they put stadiums around. It's incredible. But anyway, his swing is completely unique. It's unbelievable. And I know if he was, if he grew up in my era in Australia with that swing, that would have been beaten out of him. But my contention is that he's great because he's swinging his way, and he doesn't care. Yeah. He's completely oblivious to all the instructors. But um, the sad thing is, how many guys that could be could be as good as this kid, you know, have been destroyed because someone told them to adjust their grip or stand more square or get on the so-called perfect swing plane. It's, mm. it's, it's, a, it's a huge issue. It's a huge issue. Here's the thing, too. When you look at all the research in all the sports and you speak to all the high performers, when they're playing their best, either their best or they're enjoying themselves the most or both combined, right, when there's an, they all report an absence of thinking. They all report that they can. everything seems to be happening effortlessly, they can feel it all. They have a really good awareness of their movements. Um, they're just they're focusing on what they want the ball to do or whatever their sport is. So if that is how peak performance happens, whether it be for results or for satisfaction and enjoyment or both, then surely we've got to train with that approach. So if we're training with a really thinking-heavy approach, how the fuck are we ever going to expect to be able to play without thought and just get in the zone? Yeah, so I could talk about this ridiculous. forever. Ridiculous. Yeah. I could talk about this for 
an example that comes to mind, and I've, I've written about this and spoken about this with golfers. When I, back 100 years ago, when I was um, 17 or 18, I got uh, invited to attend a golf camp, and the, this was right in the, the midst of uh, Nick Faldo doing very well, um, you know, David Ledbetter and all this perfect swing stuff. And uh, the coach got up there and was going through the, you know, the ideal swing mechanics. It was essentially David Ledbetter theory. And this is not to hang it on David Ledbetter because, you know, he's done what he's done and blah, 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 whatever. But one kid in the group put his hand and said, well, what about Jack Nicholas? What about Jack Nicholas? And the, and the coach said, well, look, don't worry about Jack Nicholas. Look, he was the greatest golf of all time, but he was great because he had the best mental game. But yeah. his swing was no good. But this is, and then he sort of brushed that aside and went, now these are the right mechanics. This is what you've got to do. You've got to swing on this swing yeah. plane. You've got a big muscle theory, blah, 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 blah. And I thought to myself, well, if Jack Nicklaus is the greatest golfer of all time, had the best mental game, why aren't we better yeah. taught that yeah. mental game? Yeah. Be careful. And maybe his, mental game was maybe his mental game was good because it wasn't getting clogged up with swing theory and instruction and thoughts. Correct. But we're not taught. So to answer your question, I, I agree that... Um, when you how we learn it. it, how we learn it will be how we express it where we want it. So if we learn it in a very effortful, cognitive, thinking heavy way, that's the way it's going to show up when we need it. And when we need it is when we haven't got the, the attentional space to be able to do that. So we've got to be able to learn it in a way that's increasingly automatic. Hence your business. Website uh, name, Automatic Golf. Yeah. Blatant plug, blatant plug. No, um, not really. It's just coincided, <laughs> but that's what we want. We want automatic subconscious performance because we know that's when we get the best, most satisfying performance. Yeah, I've been asking golfers for, um, you know, for God, years and years and years, describe your best game of golf. So think back, yeah. take your time and think back to your best game of golf. And then they, they get it. Yep, I've got that. And then now, now think back to your worst game of golf. And then I get them to explain what was happening in both. Now, for the most part, there are always some you know, exceptions, but for the most part, the golfers really have a hard time explaining what they did well when they were playing well. They yeah. can't really remember it, and that's a hint. Uh, but when they're playing poorly, they can tell you, they can be one for them. Oh, my yeah. God, I was off plane, I was spinning out, I was working on this, this, this. Gotcha. Yeah, so you're saying that when you ask, tell me that story again, when you so ask golfers about their best and worst games. So I've asked golfers for years and years to, just, to describe to me their very, very best game they've ever had. And I also get them to explain and talk about their worst game they've ever had. Now, for the most part, and there's always exceptions, but for the most part, as a general rule, when they're explaining their very best game, they have trouble telling me what they did. And it highlights that the, the, the motion and the skills being performed subconsciously and there's not a lot of good memory of that in terms of what you were doing because you're not doing anything you're actually just playing the game but when they're playing poorly they can dish out you know, I mean you can only imagine what they're dishing out they can they can speak forever about what they're trying to do I was trying to swing on plane I was trying to remember this tip I was trying to swing slowly I was trying to keep my head still blah 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 and it goes on and on and yeah. that just highlights that when we're playing well we're, we're playing outside of it it's almost a, an out of body experience Yes. And sadly, like the, the golf instructor way back when I had that, uh, that uh, junior golf camp, I was obsessed with technique, 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 and less about trying to dig deep into what the champions are really doing when they're playing well. And, and Nicholas was probably the best at it. Tiger Woods, when he's on, is um, he's also brilliant. I mean, mm. I could talk all day about this. There's so many examples um, of guys that yeah, have learned to perform really well over a long period of time. Mm. And that 
so yeah, and I can understand why it happens. Like a good go- a golfer's playing golf, they have an intention to play well. Um, maybe they hit a few balls that don't go where they want, and then they start thinking and analysing and try to fix on the fly, rather than just dropping back into playing the game, paying attention to things that are really going to help them optimise their performance in that moment. Rather, they try to fix it with thinking, and that just takes them further down the rabbit hole. Yeah. So we started this little little this little conversation about a, a recent client of mine. And yeah. He is very uh, focused on score, and I get that. I mean, when you play well and you're shooting good scores, the game is much better. And yep. I'm not saying completely neglect the score and you know go and shoot 155. No, nah, what I'm what we're trying to do is get to a better score in a slightly different way. So instead yep. of instead of focusing on the score, let's focus on us. Let's just become deeply aware of our thoughts and our emotions and our feelings we're playing. Like feel the club head or feel your emotion. And, and see where that takes us, because that's where, in my mind, deep, deep, deep learning comes. And when you have deep learning, you have incredible satisfaction. And when you get those two things, your score happens, a good score happens by default. Yeah, and so another word that we can use to summarise this optimal state, like being in the zone, and when you're saying being aware of our body, our movement, the club head, and you've also talked about being aware of your physical environment, and also being aware of your decisions that you're making for course yep. management. But in the end, there's one word that sums all of that. It's about really being present with what present. you're doing. Present. Yep. And when you are overly thinking, um, when you should just be feeling and doing, then you are not being present. You are remembering back to what the coach said or the mistakes you made or you're remembering back to how, you know, being afraid of shooting a bad shot or... Or you're yep. worrying about score or performance or results, but either way, you're not being present. So really, you don't get it. the best way to approach it is yeah, you, you can have a goal of shooting a great score, but really, until after the round, you don't even want to pay attention. You just want to put all your attention into playing the best shot as possible, and then going and hit, hitting the next one. And if it doesn't go well, that's fine. Just go again and put all your attention to the best shot possible, rather than trying to think, all right, I can fix this by analysis or yes, well, clean thoughts. Well, every sports psychologist worth his, uh, worth his weight will say that you've got to be in the moment. Mm. Everyone will, they will, they will all say that. As, yeah, you know, it's, just trainable. it's just trainable. Like people go, oh, no, but I think you can train yourself away from the compulsion to think so much. Yeah. So if you're thinking about your swing and you're worried about where the ball is going, you're, you're going into the future. And going into the future is no better than worrying about the free putt you had on the last green. Yeah. So, yes, you have to be in the moment. And people, golfers will tell me and that this is really hard to do. And my answer to that is, bloody oath, it's hard. It should be yeah. hard because yeah. if it was easy, everyone would do it. But those yeah. who can actually break free from the, the merry-go-round that is traditional golf instruction and quick tip fixes and all that sort of bullshit... Those that can actually go deep in that will get the greatest benefit and the greatest reward. And, they'll, and the greatest reward, potentially, in my mind, is unbelievably high satisfaction in playing golf. Yeah. I don't know if you can go any deeper than that, to be honest. Like, when you really, no, truly really love the game and enjoy it, enjoy the company, you enjoy the course, no matter how bad it is or how good it is, you enjoy the course, you enjoy the company, and, you know, you walk off feeling contented. And I've said... And I, and I believe it, that you can actually walk off the course 
with more energy, more enthusiasm than when you walked onto it. And this word grinding and saying you've got to grind to score out, well, maybe some days you have to do that, but I tell you what, it's a hard way to go about it. Yeah, and also the grind and training your attention to be in the moment to give yourself the best chance of playing that great golf that you know you can, then that, that is trainable, isn't it? That's what you're saying. Oh, yeah. There's ways to train this. It doesn't... You don't have to wait once every blue moon when the planets are on and it's like, geez, I had a day out there. You can train it so it happens more and more often. Yeah, absolutely. But that's, sadly, sadly, for the most part, and I say for the most part because there are some golf yeah. teachers that, that get it, but it's not really taught. The default position in golf is give us a look at your swing. Let's put your swing on video. Let's yeah. go back into the room. Let's draw some lines on the screen. Oh, look, you're, you're a little bit off plane there. You're a little bit blah, blah, blah. And it's just a horrible way of teaching because... Well, it's not, it actually is teaching, it's not coaching, and there's a huge difference, and that's another uh, audio problem. But um, it's a, it's, you've got a three-dimensional motion put on a two-dimensional screen. It's just so far off the mark, in my opinion, that, yeah, that it's, yeah. it's, not, it's not even worth doing. But unfortunately, it's the norm. Yeah. Now, I'd much rather what you, having what you're saying, which is a, a really deeply, deeply satisfying experience. And if you want to translate that into pure score, you can. And if you want to translate that into ball mastery, you can do that and, and you might even be able to do both. That's what's much more interesting to me. Yes. Yes. Well, the choice, ultimately the choice is yours. Like, really think deeply about why you play golf and what you want to get out of it. And if it's just a swing, I just oh, I just, I just want to hit a good shot every now and then, well, I think you short chain yourself. But there's so much more that the game offers. And uh, yeah. Yeah, you can go really deep with it really, really deep with it. Yeah, nice.